Well, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to come together and to worship you as a body of Christ, as life church, as friends and family. Father, I just ask that you would just open up our hearts to hear the words you have for us this morning. Anoint Chris's voice to speak truth that we may hear in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not texting, I promise, and I'm not even looking at my March Madness bracket because that was busted the other day. So I was making sure that my notes were syncing because all of a sudden I pulled it up on my iPad and I was like, well, that's last week's message. That's not right. So you guys could have got to hear it twice in a row, but um, all right, there they go. They, They made it now. So. Um, most of us, I, and I'm giving all of us the benefit of the doubt here, so even if you're like, what? Just, just not along, okay? But like most of us know the four seasons of the year, right? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. If you didn't, you do now. So it's winter, spring, summer, and fall. However, in the midst of those seasons, there's always, you know, a little bit of other seasons depending on your geographic region. You know, I mean, in... in Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas, you know, it's, this is tornado season is what they're coming into, you know, and, and in the late summer, all the Gulf states, they're in hurricane season. Well, right now where we are, it's mud season, right? And that is the title of today's message is mud season. And I mean, and we can all relate, right? I mean, if you've had a dog or if you have kids, we can relate, Right. And it's, it's mud season right now. And the thing about mud season is that technically we've already come out of the previous season and we're trying to walk into the new season, but neither one seemed to be cooperating the way that we want them to cooperate. And so this is a message about the season of transition. Because we're coming out of something where I was, and I'm trying to step into something that God has spoken to me, but it feels like right now when I'm in between, it's just a muddy mess. I can tell by the silence that everybody can relate. So it's a... A lot of times... That mud season, it just, it just feels icky. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Well, there's other color, more colorful ways, but I'm in church. So it just feels icky, right? It's just, you just kind of go, man, everything, no matter what I do, it's just muddy all the time. I want my dogs to stay inside so they don't go outside and turn into that. You know, and you're like, no, I've already vacuumed three times today, right? And you know, and you're just sitting there going, gosh. And it seems that no matter what we do in these seasons of transition, in the seasons of mud, everything just seems a little bit harder than normal. Right? I mean, we've all had those seasons where everything just kind of went, wow, that just worked out. Boom, boom, boom. Ooh, that was great. And those seasons are fantastic. I love them. I wish they happened more often. But there are also the seasons of the mud, the seasons of the filth that helps me get from where I was to where I'm going. And we just have to be willing to 
embrace the dirty. You have to be willing to embrace the dirt. We need the mud in this season or in this transition. One of the reasons why we need the mud is so that we can appreciate the fruit of the next season. If it was a dry winter like we've had in the past and there was no snow, while it would be wonderful right now in March and April, in the following season, it would not be wonderful. We would be very frustrated because fire danger would be very high. We couldn't have barbecues. We couldn't this. We couldn't that. We got to conserve water. You got to this and that and the other. And you're going, oh, man. But hey, at least we didn't have mud. Well, you know what? I would rather have mud so that I can enjoy the fruit of the next season. Point number one this morning is when we are in the mud season, we need to walk intentionally. Come on, right? When it's muddy, I mean, like, this morning the driveway actually looks pretty good. Tuesday of this week, I was like, man, this is going to be such a great sermon because it's going to be, everybody's going to relate. But the driveway actually dried out well. But um, but it, it was, it's, in the season of mud, if we aren't careful, we can make really deep ruts. We can also make the trenches or the ruts that are not beneficial if we allow our attitudes to get the best of us during mud season. If I'm going from here, standing right here, down to the county road that borders the property on the other side of the pasture, I'm going to have to walk intentionally to make sure that I can get there with the least amount of mud on me as possible. Or you can just be my kids and they just run and and slide and they embrace the mud, man. It's like telling a kid, don't get muddy when you're out in the mud puddle. Well, that, what fun is that, right? I mean, it's a, that's the whole point. But we have to walk intentionally. While we are walking through the muddy mess and navigating the way, I have to and I must keep my eyes focused on where I'm heading. If while I'm watching, yes, walking down to there, I want to be intentional and I want to watch where I'm walking, but I also have to keep my eyes up because if I never look up to where I'm going and where I'm trying to get to, I'm going to do a whole lot of this. And if I'm trying to get over there, I'm going the wrong way. I've been real careful about the way I walk. I don't want to get muddy. I don't want to, oh man, I got to be careful. But I've lost track of where I was going. We have to do both at the same time. It's a both and, not an either or. You have to be able to walk intentionally while keeping your eyes focused on the goal that you're going toward. In Psalm 119, verse 15, it says this. It says, I will meditate on your precepts and I will fix my eyes on your ways. During that mud season, during that season of transition where everything is just going, man, what do I do and how do I get out of here? And this is harder than I think it should be. I have to meditate on his precepts and fix my eyes on his ways. In Hebrews chapter 12, out of the Passion Translation, it says it like this. It says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. 
So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. We have to be willing to focus our eyes on him. In the mud season. It's very easy to get focused on the mess. It's very easy to get focused on the filth. It's very easy to get focused on the, oh my gosh, I don't even know if summer's ever going to come. Because all I see right now is mud. And I'm pretty sure winter's making a comeback this week too. Awesome, you know, I mean, we kind of have these things in our mind. We're going, ah. But it tells us we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't let the circumstances of the transition season keep you from focusing your eyes on him. As we focus our eyes on him, it leads me to point number two. So we've been walking intentionally and now we have to seek his direction. We have to seek his direction. Not only just for us, but we have to seek his direction so we can help other people navigate the mud season as well. If I'm down below and my kids are up above and they're coming down, I can tell them where to go a little bit better than they can see it in that moment because I have a bigger perspective. We have to be able to help people See the direction that God is calling them to be and to be going. But what I, when I say this, I'm not talking about being a busybody, okay? I'm not telling you to go out and be like, telling your neighbors, I see you're doing something wrong. Oh, that's wrong. Nope, sinner. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that we need to be the people who are up on the walls who are looking out. Now, a lot of times we, we sit there and we, we kind of, we have this perspective of people who are up on the walls as though they're looking for the enemy. While that's part of their job, they're also keeping a lookout for those who need help. For those who are coming, but they may not know the way. For those who look like they might be very weary on their travels. And they're looking and saying, hey, I see that person. I need to go out and help them. Hey, I need to help them navigate to get here down to, to where we are supposed to be. When I was a kid, I was probably about Nash's age. My dad and mom took us on a family trip from, we lived in Dallas at the time, and we drove, drove all the way from Dallas to San Diego. Yeah, it was a trip, let me tell you. I'm pretty sure we were in Texas for half of that before we actually got the rest of the way. But it's one of these trips, I mean, this was like our big vacation, and it's really funny. Because, I mean, this happened in 1986, so I was a little bit younger than that. 1986. And along the way, I mean, we hit every place you can stop along the way. I mean, if there was a place to get the kids out of the car, Dad's pulling in there, you know, to make sure, cause so he doesn't lose his mind on us. <laughs> I didn't realize that at the time, but now that I have kids, I'm like, that's why we stopped every three hours, you know. And so, 
But, you know, and, and we camped along the way. We did all the different things. We were somewhere in Arizona. I don't know exactly where. But we stopped at this place, and, and we were spending a day there. And it may have been old Tucson or somewhere. But there was, there was this maze that you could go in and go through. So mom and dad went up onto the, onto the lookout up above so they could see everything going on. And I have three older sisters, and so the four of us take off running through this maze. And before long, they've all made it out. Not me. And I'm out there, you know, just kind of doing this. Now, my dad also videoed this entire trip. I think we have six VHS tapes of eight hours each. I mean, everywhere my dad went, I mean, the big video camera. You know, we're out in the middle of somewhere in West Texas, and all you can hear is the wind. You know, as he does like the slow panorama of everything that's happening. So here he is. He's got this on his shoulder, and he and my mom are up there looking down at me, and I'm the only one left. And I had to fix my eyes on them to get direction about how to get out of the maze. I had tried it myself a lot. (laughs) Nothing worked. So then I had to sit there, and then I got to watch. It was kind of frustrating, because then I got to watch each sister one by one going up there by mom and dad, and I'm the only one left. And I'm like, awesome, this is great. I was a little bit of a sensitive kid. I'm sure I cried a lot. But, um, but you know, it was, and, you know, and, and here I am. I'm sitting there, and I'm going, where do I go? But my dad was up there, and you can hear him on the video camera giving me direction. Okay, now go over here. No, 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 over here. No, over here. Okay, your other left, Chris. You know, I mean, you know, and just kind of. But I eventually made my way out of the maze because I sought direction from above. Because otherwise, I would have never been there. I would have never been able to get out of it. Well, I mean, you know, eventually the park ranger would have come to save me. But, you know, at some point, I would have never gotten out of there on my own if I did not seek direction from above. And how many times do we do these things within our own life that we're walking through these things and we're just, where we're in this place, we're in this muddy season and God's going, I'm right here to give you direction. And we're going, nope, 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 I got this. I got this. I'm going to figure this out. And we seem to get stuck in the mud. In Psalm 37, starting verse 23, it says this. It says, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And he busies himself with every step. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord grasps his hand in support and upholds him. I love this because it doesn't say that you don't stumble from time to time. It says you're not going to fall and keep falling and falling and falling and falling. And the image there is like falling down a mountain forever. It's when you stumble, the Lord reaches down, grabs your hand, and you sturdies your feet. So you can say, all right, it's time to keep going. When we are in the muddy season, it's hard to walk with sure footing. It is very, very difficult to walk with sure footing. And the problem is, is that oftentimes we tend to stumble. And then what happens the moment that we stumble? We either beat ourselves up or we allow the enemy to beat us up every single time. And we need got to remember his word. Because his word says, just because you stumbled doesn't mean anything. He will reach down when you ask for help and get that direction from above. 
Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8, it says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. See, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When I was lost in that maze, I was leaning on my own understanding completely. When my dad's up there telling me, hey, you need to go this way, it didn't make sense to me because from my perspective, it looked like a dead end. Why would I go that way, Dad? I'm not getting out if I go that way. But he could see things that I couldn't see. And he could see the perspective that I did not have. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That word acknowledge doesn't just mean to be like, hey, thanks, God. It actually means to know something intimately, to know someone intimately. It's the same word where it talks about how Adam acknowledged Eve. (laughs) And that's the same word. And that's the way we're supposed to be intimate with God and let Him do those things in us. But that has to happen by us putting our trust in Him. And we have to seek that direction from above and go, Okay, God, I need this. And when He says, Well, I need you to go this way. And I'm like, But that's a dead end. What are you telling me? Oh, hey, look, there's another way. And we can find ourselves getting out of the maze and getting out of the mud season when we allow his direction to actually impact our life. Once we know where to go, it is much easier for us to help others get there also. The last point this morning is probably one of the more frustrating ones and I don't like it be thankful for the mud be thankful for the mud everything everything that we go through in our lives that we endure through every season even the mud seasons we are supposed to be thankful all the messes all the trials all the difficulties. We must be thankful. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That's hard. I don't like this one. I just don't. I argued with God about trying to find a different point. But this is something that he said, no, because you need to learn this. I don't want to learn that one. I want to do something different. But we need to be thankful for the mud. The truth is this. In First Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul writes it like this. He says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone so that no one pays back evil for evil, but always tries to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. 
God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. Even when I am faithless, he is faithful. And I'm so, so thankful that he is faithful. But Paul tells us, he says, always rejoice, never stop praying, and always be thankful. I I can understand if he said every once in a while, be happy, every once in a while, keep praying, every once in a while, give thanks. But he says always. You know what the Greek word there is for always? Always. It doesn't mean that we get to pick and choose when I want to rejoice, when I need to be praying or not, or when I need to be thankful. Now, those things are much easier to do when life is going great. In the summertime, like right toward the end of the summer when it's been a great summer, we've had some good rain, all the fruit is starting to, you know, kind of turn on the trees and you can look out you're like, man, this is great. God, I just, I'm rejoicing. I'm thankful. Man, I just praise you all the time. This is great. That's easy then. But his direction does not change in the mud season. Even though I wish it would. But it does not. In James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, it says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. I don't do that very well. There are so many things during the mud season, during that season of transition, where I just get so frustrated. And joy is not the emotion that comes out of me. However, it's now the opportunity to do what he said he would do in Psalms, where I can now, even though I stumbled, and that's not the attitude that's coming out, I can reach up my hand and he's reaching down to sure my footing again and help me continue to walk even through the mud season. It's almost like at times in my life that I forget that those Bible verses, that, you know, about always and doing all these things, it's almost like I kind of forget that they exist. And I think that that's probably one of our big problems as believers in general. We must remember what the word, that the Word of God is true even when our feelings might tell us something different. Your feelings, my feelings, do not dictate the truth of the Word of God. It is always true. It is always faithful. And so if my feelings do not line up with what the word of God says, then it's my feelings that need to change, not the word of God. That means that when my crawl space flooded earlier this week, I had to be thankful. And I got there eventually. It didn't happen right away. Thankfulness and joy were not the emotions that immediately happened when I pulled up the the, the cover into the crawl space and I went, 
But I got there. When either myself or a loved one is facing a health crisis, be thankful. Because he is good, and it's who he is. When I'm facing a financial mountain, be thankful. Because his word never changes. In everything, give thanks. Everything, give thanks. Now, we're not to be thankful for the sickness, but we are to be thankful and we are to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and be thankful for who He is. When I had COVID a couple years ago and couldn't smell anything, really weird. I wasn't grateful. Ooh, yay, I got COVID. Yay, that's neat. <laughs> no. But I was thankful. I'm like, God, but I know who you are. And I know what your word says. So I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful that you are faithful to your word. That's the attitude we have to have. Guys, mud seasons are hard. And they bring lots and lots of challenges. There's usually a lot of cleanup that has to happen after mud season. But that's all right. Because it's washing away a whole bunch of stuff that probably didn't need to begin, be there to begin with. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says this, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Those trials will show that your faith is genuine and it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. It says that we are being tested like gold. Do do you guys know how they purify gold? Turn up the heat. Gold by itself, pure gold, is very flexible, very malleable. There's other minerals inside of it that give it the hardness. So if you want something that's absolutely pure gold, it's going to be, you can actually bend it. It's soft. And God's going, man, even through all these trials that are happening, I want to use them as an opportunity for you to be able to soften your heart toward me and toward everything else so that I can do something in you that I've never been able to do before. We have to embrace the mud season. God is faithful to His Word and we can trust that even when things are harder than we thought they need to be, that He was not surprised. We need to embrace that season. Learn what you need to learn in the mud season. And oftentimes that's just us learning how to trust Him better. It's really easy to trust God until I actually have to trust God. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you. I can trust God with my words all day long, but then when life circumstances hit... Now I actually have to decide if I'm really going to trust God. The greatest thing and the hardest thing 
about seasons is that they don't last forever. I'm excited that mud season is only here physically for usually a couple of months. But also in those really great seasons, seasons don't last forever. And we need to be preparing and be ready and just be at that place of going, God, I just want to look to you because if my eyes are focused on you, then I know that you're going to navigate me through whatever season I'm in. And you're going to give me the correct direction so that I can go where you've called me to go. And I'm willing to be obedient even if it looks like a dead end because I can trust your voice that once I get there, there's going to be another way out. So even though it's hard, it's icky, it's messy, and it's frustrating, remember that summer is coming and the fruit from the messy season will be better than what we could have ever expected. Amen? Let's stand, guys, and we're going to pray and be dismissed. Prayer team, if you guys would go ahead and come on up. We have people up here who would just love to pray with you. After the service, if if you need prayer for anything, maybe it has something to do with this message. Maybe it has something not to do with this message at all. It doesn't matter. We would love to be able to pray with you today if you need prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I just ask that you would just come and, and help us learn how to embrace the mud season. God, that you are our sure foundation. You are our sure footing when everything begins to look slippery, when everything is messy, when everything is just where it is. God, we want to give it all to you when we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in each one of our lives. God, I thank you for letting us see and remember that seasons don't last forever. And that, God, as we are in this season of transition with so many different things within each one of our lives, that, God, that you would help us be able to navigate these well. And, God, help us be able to keep our eyes focused on you because you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I just thank you for every family represented here. God, I ask that you would just bless them. Father, everybody who is sick, we just ask for healing right now in Jesus' name. God, all those who are traveling, just keep them safe. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, we also have snacks out in the fellowship hall, so stick around and and get, get to know somebody too. So have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next Sunday.